Calvin's Commentary on Numbers chapter 14, verses 39 to 45. And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning, and gat them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill, and smote them, and discomfited them, even unto Hormah. Verse 39. And Moses told all these sayings. It was indeed a just cause for mourning when they heard that God, whose long-suffering they had so wantonly abused, would hereafter be inexorable. Yet here we have set before our eyes that sorrow of the world which worketh death, as Paul says, 2 Corinthians 7.10, when the wicked, as they weep and complain, cease not to murmur against God. Nay, when they gnaw the bit with greater obstinacy, and thus, like savage and untamable beasts, rush forward to their destruction in blind desperation. The temporal punishment could not indeed be redeemed by any tears, but if there had been the disposition to repent, their only remedy would have been voluntarily to submit themselves and calmly to undergo whatever chastisement God might be pleased to inflict. First of all, however, they proudly struggled to shake off the punishment awarded to them, and whilst they pretended penitence, increasingly kick against God. There is no doubt but that it was under the pretense of submission that they prepared themselves on the morrow to advance. But wherefore was this, except that they may overturn God's inviolable decree? Nevertheless, they sought, as if against his will, to make a way for themselves, though he forbade. Behold us, they said, we are ready. But it was too late, for the opportunity had fled. For as the prophet exhorts us to seek the Lord while he may be found, Isaiah 55, 6, so also we ought to follow him when he calls us. But of what avail was this unseasonable alacrity of the people? When God wishes them to retire into the desert, they affect a desire to obey him by advancing further, and still would have their confession of sin accepted as a sufficient satisfaction. Verse 41. And Moses said, Wherefore do ye now transgress? He rejects this feigned penitence, whereby the sinner tries all sorts of shifts, so as not to submit himself to God. If thou wilt return, O Israel, return unto me, saith the Lord, by Jeremiah, chapter 4, verse 1. 
The first thing, therefore, which we must consider is what God requires of us, so that it may plainly appear that we truly submit ourselves to his power. In order to restrain their temerity, Moses reminds them that they will seek in vain for success when they depart from God's command. And this is a very useful piece of instruction, that His grace will never be wanting to us if we simply obey His word. But when, in contempt and neglect of His precepts, we are carried away by our own feelings, the event will never be prosperous. If any should object that the wretched people had no other remedy, I have already stated that they ought to have been contented with this consolation, that is, that banishment from the land of Canaan was not disinheritance from the hope of eternal life. Nay, if they had humbled themselves before God, they might expect that their punishment would have been a profitable help to them. By their misdirected activity, they double the evil. After having pointed out their danger, Moses again impresses upon them that God is not with them because they had deserted him and that his blessing was withheld because they had refused to follow him at the proper time. Verse 44. But they presumed to go up onto the hilltop. It was not indeed their intention deliberately to array themselves against God, but rather did they endeavor to appease him by this means of propitiation. Nor was their self-deceit devoid of a colorable pretext, inasmuch as they were ready cheerfully to welcome death, so as to offer their lives in sacrifice, and thus to compensate for their previous hesitation and inertness. It is thus that the zeal of the wicked is fervent, when it ought to be still. Whereas, when God commands, coldness and apathy possess their minds, so that they are no more aroused by his voice than as if they were stones. In a word, when it ought to be quiet, unbelief is always active, prompt, and bold. But when God would have it advance, it is timid, slow, and dead. In conclusion, Moses adds that their foolish enterprise was punished, for they were not merely routed and put to flight by their enemies, but utterly destroyed. Hence we gather that their audacity failed them in the trial, and was deficient in true courage. At the same time, he recounts another sign of their senselessness, in that they left behind the ark of God as well as Moses, and rushed forward like doomed persons to be slaughtered. Hence it appears that unbelievers, when carried away by the blind impulse of their zeal, are as much destitute of reason and discretion as if they deliberately conspired for their own destruction. Commentary on Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 41 to 44. Then ye answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight according to all that the Lord our God commanded us. And when ye had girded on every man his weapons of war, ye were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, 
but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord and went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites, which dwelt in that mountain, came out against you and chased you, as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And ye returned and wept before the Lord. But the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So ye abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that ye abode there. Verse 41. Then ye answered and said unto me, The repentance was too late, which impelled the Israelites to their unseasonable effort of activity. Although, as I have above explained, they did not truly and seriously repent, since when they ought patiently to have borne the chastening of God, they endeavored to shake it off and to drive it far away from them by a new act of disobedience. In a word, they did nothing else but kick against the pricks. But such is the energy of men, when their own fancy leads them, that they will dare anything which God forbids. But herein did their far worse folly betray itself, in that, when they were again withheld, they still refused to obey. Besides, he does not merely forbid them to fight, but denies them his assistance. What then could be more monstrous than that, in opposition to God's will, and when the hope of his assistance was withdrawn, they should engage in what they had just before obstinately refused to attempt under his auspices, and by his command, and with a sure promise of success? And yet, so does hypocrisy blind men's minds that they imagined they were correcting and compensating for the evil which they doubled. Moses then relates how they received the reward which they deserved, as much as to say that although they might be slow to learn, still they were made acquainted by the reverse which they experienced, how fatal a thing it is not to obey God. For fools never learn wisdom except beneath the rod. Verse 45. And ye returned and wept before the Lord. He here appeals to the testimony of their own conscience. For they never would have been brought to weeping and prayers except by the force of their own feelings. Since then they were abundantly convinced that a just punishment was inflicted upon their obstinacy, necessity drove them to seek after God. Consequently, they had no cause to complain, though God manifested himself to be implacable. In the last verse, there is an ambiguity in the meaning of these words, many days according to the number of the days. Some, rendering the verb in the pluperfect tense, in which we had remained there, suppose that they still abode there another forty days. But it is equally probable that an indefinite time is referred to, as if he had said that the people delayed there a long time, from whence it might be inferred that they lay like persons stupefied from lack of knowing what to do. It is Kadesh Barnea to which Moses refers, from whence the spies had been sent forth, and not Kadesh where Miriam died, and where the people murmured for want of water. This audio recording was read by Michael Ives. I hope you found it enlightening and edifying. 
Visit westportexperiment.com for more audio resources and where I write about parish missions, the care of souls, and all things Reformed.